Hello. Thank you for joining us today for the Harvest Time Church weekly podcast. As you listen today, we pray that you are richly blessed and that the message would guide you deeper into your walk with Jesus and help you to advance His kingdom here on earth. Have a blessed day. Before we jump in, I'm going to share three jokes this morning. They're all school jokes because I know everybody's getting in the school grind, okay? Just to maybe loosen you up, lighten you up, make you laugh a little bit if you haven't laughed already. So this first one is called, Count the Cost of Higher Education. So first grader came home from school one day and said to his little brother who was in kindergarten, don't ever let anyone teach you to spell the word cat. So the little brother asked, well, why? Because, he said, the words get harder after you learn to spell the word cat. Okay? It's teaching them a life lesson. All right, another one. Geography or spelling. So a third grade teacher told her class that they were going to learn the capitals of all 50 states. So a boy in the class raised his hand and told his teacher that he already knew all the state capitals. The teacher was impressed with the lad's confidence but thought that she would confirm his claim. So she asked the young man, then what is the capital of Wisconsin? The boy answered, that's an easy one. It's a W. He knew all of them. And I like this one the best. This is called the teacher and parent pact. So a wise school teacher sends a note to her parents on the first day of school that says, if you promise not to believe everything your child says happens at school, I'll promise not to believe everything he says happens at home. So let's pray as we jump into the message. Father, we thank you for your goodness to us. Father, I thank you that there is joy in the house of the Lord this morning. Father, that every day, Father, is a new day to serve you and just uh, that even amongst the chaos of this world that we can thrive as Christians. So, Father, I pray, Lord, that you would just orchestrate my words, Lord, to, to speak what you want me to speak and not speak what you don't want me to speak, Father. But I pray that you'd give us ears to hear and a heart to receive all that you have for us this morning. Everybody said, amen. So this morning, uh, you know, we're starting a new series, but our vision here at Harvest Time Church is to be a home. Some of you know that, some of you don't. If you actually look at your bulletin, right on the top, it actually says what the home acronym stands for. So when we look at that we are a home, it is it's first and foremost a, a heart to serve. You know, that's something that should be woven through the DNA of who we are as a church. Also, open arms. So what does that mean? That means we accept everybody. Now, I know some of you are like, well, everybody, Pastor Noe? Everybody. We want to be open to all of those. We also want to be mission-minded, understanding that there is a mission at hand, and that's something we're going to actually look at a little bit more today. And then the last one, that E, is for equip and empower. So we believe in equipping you, but not just equipping you, but also empowering you to be all that God has called you to be. So then, you know, so, so our, to be a home functioning as a family, and, we're all, and our also our mission is bringing all people into a real relationship with Christ, by knowing, growing, and going towards God's given purpose. So if you say, what is harvest time all about? That's what it is in a nutshell. We're concerned about functioning as a family, and we're also concerned about you knowing Christ, that you grow, that you grow in Christ, and that you go and do all that God has called you to do. It's simple, right? You know, we didn't want to make a mission statement that was so complicated that we're like, hey, can you, can you cite it for us? And you'd be like, I don't even know. So of all of that, that you would just, first and foremost, knowing, growing, and going into God's given purpose. So Harvest Time Church, we work really hard at building a culture that supports our vision and our mission. 
So when we talk about culture, culture answers the question, what is normal here? What, when you show up on a Sunday, what should you expect? What should it be like? What is the atmosphere like? What is the people like? So we know that a horrible culture can totally destroy a perfectly good mission and vision. We can have an awesome vision and mission, but if that culture does not support that mission and vision, we're going to be unsuccessful in all we do. So we work really hard at creating a great culture here at the church. Now, some of those things are intentional. Some of those things are just a byproduct of what? Being followers of Christ, God willing, that we love, that we encourage, that we, we take care of each other, right? So we have to understand that, you know, what we build as a culture really drives that mission and vision. Now, what really works great is when that mission and vision is coinciding with church culture. And I believe that's when we see success. So today we're jumping into a new series called Commission. So we're going to talk about what commission is, you know, what it entails in the next few weeks. But so this at the beginning of the year, this was before COVID hit. This was before all of these things hit. God put three words in my spirit. He said, first and foremost, there has to be a connection. Then you got to build community. And then you got to be about a commission. So I'm going to kind of, you can go back and listen to our podcast. You can look up. Go to our webpage and see those things under messages if you didn't catch those early on. But the first, the very first one, that connection. So in the connection series, we focused on a, the importance of a connection with God, family, and the church. That is all part of knowing. So we see this unraveling as God had this master plan with his, with his mission statement that the first and most important thing was all about knowing God. Knowing family, knowing church life, this, this relationship building, right? And then the second thing we talked about was community. So community was all about growing. So in community, we grow. So we talked about the importance of personal devotion time. We talked about the importance of Sunday services, of fellowship, of discipleship, and outreach. Now we talked about one of the most important variables of that whole equation was your personal devotion time. If you don't have a personal devotion time with the Lord... How many of you know it's going to be real hard to show up on Sunday and try to fake it, right? Oh, the Lord's been good to me, but you hadn't seen him all week. Oh, he's doing good. The Lord really spoke to me, but you didn't listen all week. Right? We see, the, we see these things working together. And then Sunday service, that corporate gathering, it is just as essential as any of the other ones. Fellowship. That's one thing our church does well. We are a fellowshipping church. How do I know that? When I'm ready to leave, no one wants to leave. So we just stay a little bit longer, which I am. I, I love those kind of things. I almost handed my keys off last week and said, hey, you guys lock up. Trying to, uh... sorry, that messed me up. I was like, what's going on? Um, when I tried to pass my keys off, all of a sudden they scattered. So oh, we got to go. He's going to make me lock up. Right? And then discipleship. So one thing we've strategically done in our life groups, that is where discipleship is happening. That is where this growth process is happening. We can't really, we, we, you, can, you can grow on a Sunday morning, but it is still lacking from the big picture of that personal discipleship. So life groups is how we're accomplishing that. And then outreach, that's something that God willing in our future we do a lot of, but also has to do very much so with what we're talking about, which is commission. Okay? So it's all about knowing and it's all about growing. So our community, you know, we focused on the importance of church community and relationships with one another within the body of Christ. Okay? So that's kind of it in a nutshell. If you want to look at more of that, like I said, go back and listen to that podcast. So connection was all about knowing. 
Community was all about growing. Now commission is all about going and focusing on being mission-minded. So that, that, that focuses on our vision, you know, of that home acronym also. So the word commission focuses, you know, on what we are supposed to be doing as Christians. You guys realize that? You, you realize you're supposed to be doing something as a Christian, not just coming to church and then, hey, I'll see you guys next week. It's, it, God never intended Christianity to be passive. Just to where it's like, hey, you know, which in, you know, in the South, in the Bible Belt, you know, when you say, hey, are you a Christian? Guess what? Everybody's a Christian. So what is the measuring stick of what is different, you know, about a true Christian versus a follower of Christ? So if we look at the disciples' life, it requires some type of action, some type of movement. He said, what? Come and follow me. He didn't say, hey, just be a Christian. Keep doing everything you're doing. All right, I'll see you in heaven and walked off. There was a condition that had to be made in, in which uh, there was a following of Jesus. There was a pursuit after. And even as they were following and walking with him, how many of you know the disciples had a lot of questions? Well, explain that to us. Or how does that work? And, you know, I just, you know, and, and it wasn't until later that there became an understanding, really because Jesus had not yet been crucified and glorified and, and in heaven and all, you know, it was, they just saw a fraction of the big picture. But we see this following, this commission, as it has to be an active thing. It cannot be a passive thing. We can't be followers of Christ just on Sundays and say, oh, yeah, we're, we're followers of Christ. But I, but I would encourage you and challenge you as we go through this to really see that there is way more to it than maybe we've ever tapped into. Or maybe more than we've ever experienced. Okay, so the word commission, this is the definition of it. It's an instruction, a command, or duty given to a person or group of people. So we know that, uh, you know, a commission was something that Jesus communicated to his disciples right before he left. How many of you guys know that when somebody passes away, their last few words are sometimes the most important words they will ever speak? Now, sometimes we get the chance to hear those, sometimes we don't. But, but as Jesus was about to leave... What were the last things that he said? Okay. So we're going to spend a few weeks looking at what commission was and actually what commission is. Because if we believe that the commission's over, we don't have to do anything. The disciples fulfilled all that commission, then we're missing the big picture. That commission was just transferred from Christian to Christian to Christian, generation to generation to generation. And we should still be about the Father's business even in this culture in this day and age. Now, the approach may look a little bit different, but the mission and the goal and the commission is exactly the same. Okay? So today we're going we're gonna to focus on answering the question of what am I supposed to be doing during my time on earth? How many of you would love to know that? We ask that all the time. What am I doing? Like, you know, sometimes I know we have goals and that, that was kind of how it was for the church. We had all these goals for the year. We still have those goals, but man, it was sidetracked. When this thing COVID came along, it's like, what is this, man? You know, completely, you know, what are we doing? How do we lead? How do we navigate? What is going on? You know, and God was never concerned about COVID. You know, just because, you know, the condition changed doesn't mean that the mission changes. And that was one thing that God showed me. He says, you know, it's just postponed it a little bit, but the mission and the focus, because I was like, Lord, do I not share what, I, what you originally put in my heart? He says, no. I told you what to share, even knowing what was going to come to pass. So that is why it's so critical that, you know, we've shared about connection. We've talked about community. And now we are in this season of looking at what the commission is. 
So when I talk about, you know, what are we supposed to do here? I really am going to challenge you to be kingdom minded in your thought process, realizing that what we do with our time here on earth will directly impact the kingdom of heaven. So this morning, I want to I want to make sure, you know, there is a heaven and there is a hell. There is a righteous God that loves you to the point of sending his son to die for you. But this same God is also just and he's righteous and we will, be a ch- we will be judged according to what we choices we have made in this lifetime. So as believers, I hope we are a catalyst to help people choose wisely to follow Christ rather than us to be passive and silent and never say anything and we allow people to our left and to our right go to hell. You know, sometimes that's just because of our passivity. How many of you guys have ever felt like God was wanting you to, to share the gospel or to share a testimony or encur- send a, or share an encouraging word to somebody and you iced up? So everybody else nailed it 100% of the time. No. Even in my pursuit of doing the best that I can, there's moments where the fear of man or the insecurity or not knowing what to say has isolated me from just sharing the love of God. You know, one thing that I've started doing just to be more relational and connected with people, you know, when people wear a name tag, I think it probably throws them off, you know, because they're behind a mask. But that's as relational as I can be now because I, I can't tell if you're smiling or not. But that name tag, you know, even in the drive-thru, I've been saying their name like, hey, Ashley, thank you. I bet they're like, does this guy know me? Dude, I don't know you. I can't even see your face, but you got a name tag on. Being intentional, right? And that's just something small, but being relational, talking to people. But, you know, I want to, every moment that I have, to be focused on the kingdom and the commission and what God has asked me to do with my time here on earth. Let's say if I was going to die tomorrow and and I knew that the end was tomorrow, what would you do today? And some of you would radically say, oh, I'll do this. And I would, you know, if we knew that the end was approaching. And I think that's the, that's the most challenging thing of all of this. Well, we don't know when the end comes and we're not guaranteed tomorrow, guys. So there is this urgency of living every single day as if it was my last with a heaven and hell at stake, with a commission available and required of us to do that we might participate in reaping the harvest that God says is plentiful on the earth. You realize that? He says that. He, say, he says the harvest is, is plentiful. But it says that the workers and the laborers are few. Everybody wants to reap the benefits of the harvest. But Greg and Rebecca, how hard is the work? Right? They know way more than I do as far as that work. And I've been talking to Greg and Rebecca and they said, you know, the rain and all these things when, you know, that, that will prevent them from receiving the harvest of getting it all in. I said, how much longer do you need, man? Two more weeks will be great. So think of that, just in that illustration of, of, of planning, of doing the work, but there is a harvest that is plentiful, and if somebody doesn't go pick it up, it just sits. Now, there are conditions that change that make it difficult or make it challenging, and we have to understand there is an enemy of this world that is causing it to be more difficult and causing, us, causing it to where, where it doesn't. We have to actively be involved and ask God for guidance and ask Him to lead our words, to, but we have to be intentional of knowing it's there and knowing we need to go and bring it in. You know, the harvest is very rarely inside the four walls of the church. But we get so comfortable about saying, oh, this is great. 
and we've tasted some of this harvest. Like everybody here represents part of that harvest. So each of us, we're pretty thankful that somebody shared the love of God with us, right? Right? Maybe it was a parent, maybe it was a loved one, maybe it was at youth camp, maybe it was a pastor, whatever it was. We are so thankful for that moment that somebody loved us enough to tell us the truth. That apart from receiving a Savior, guess what? Man, you're going to hell. Oh, I don't want to go to hell. Like, you know, like, and at first it was just out of fear of going to hell. But that's what catapulted and started my relationship with Christ. So, well, who is this person that saves us from eternal judgment and the wages that my sin deserve, right? So we have to understand that each of us has the potential to impact the world by offering the greatest gift to the dying world. This gift is Jesus. Let's look at Matthew 28, 16 through 20. Talked about what Jesus said was the commission. This was the last thing he said, Matthew 28, 16 through 20. Starting in verse 16, it says, Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When he saw them, they worshipped, but some doubted. And Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Now, scholars look at this scripture and they say, you know where it says some doubted? It says the 11, right? I can guarantee you those 11 trusted in the Lord. At that point, if there was still doubt, but what this was talking about, that this was perhaps the account of where the 500 gathered on the mountaintop. So he was just not talking to the disciples. He was talking to a fellowship of believers and saying, this is the mandate, this is the commission that I've called you to do. So if we look at all of these words, these are all action words. It says go, it says disciple, it says baptize, you know, it says teaching. Like all of these things are active things, it's not passive. If I sat up here this morning and I just sat in a chair and I said nothing and I didn't do anything and I just sat here passively, it'd be hard for you to get anything out of the message, Right? If I didn't share any scripture or I didn't challenge you or I didn't speak, you know, like, I think sometimes that might be the reflection of what our testimony to others looks like. It's just passive. You know, people are there waiting. People are even yielding themselves to you. They're in close proximity to you or they're around you. And we just sit there passively. So it's always important to think, you know, think, think of the commission. Think of what God has called you to. So think of the word commission as a collaborate mission. It's something we all do together. You know, there's things that God has asked me to do, but there's things that God has asked you to do. And how many of you know that when there are many workers and there is a lot of help, the work is easy. You know, I love the scripture that it says sometimes we reap the blessings of those who have planted seed that have went before us. Maybe some planted seed and that harvest is ready. Well, you know how much of an injustice it would be if the field is ready for harvest because of the blood and the sacrifice of the previous generations? And through my selfishness, I don't do anything and I just say, ah, you know, but it's, it's I'm just going to stay comfortable. Reaping the harvest is work, but it's the easiest, best part of the work. You're bringing it to the storehouse. You're bringing it in. You're reaping the benefits of those who have maybe gone before you. 
So the Great Commission is a mandate for all believers. So there is a difference between a conviction and a mandate. So a conviction is something that we would die for in order to protect it. But a mandate is something we would die for in order to advance it. This is a quote by Larry Stocksdale. So we have to understand that, you know, this advancing of the gospel, do you know there are people giving their lives for the advancement of the gospel? Third world countries and stuff like that. Now, America is getting challenged right now. Will you remain comfortable? Will you com be compliant to everything? Or will we stand and, and do all that the word of God has asked us to do? The closer it gets to Jesus coming back, the more difficult it will become. Do you realize that? So if we are not standing for God now, if we are not fulfilling some type of commission and purpose in this lifetime, now, while it's pretty comfortable, will we do it when the heat is turned up? Will we do it when it becomes a little bit more challenging? We get, or if we, you know, God, you know, God forbid, if we get to that place where it says, hey, reject Christ or die. Challenging, right? It should, it should be easier in the United States, especially in Texas. I mean, there's other states right now that are, man, fines and penalties for having church. I mean, you know, at what point, you know, would we say, oh, it's just getting too hard, it's getting too difficult, it's not worth it. Anytime that I think it's too hard or it's too difficult or too inconvenient, I remember the cross. I think it was convenient for Jesus. I think it was easy. As he willfully laid down his life. He says, nobody can take my life, but I willfully lay it down for those who love me. I willingly give it up. Right? 2 Timothy 4.2 in the NIV. So this was a charge to Timothy. Uh, he, said, he said, preach the word, be prepared in season and out of season. Be prepared in uh, uh, correct, rebuke, encourage with great patience and careful instruction. Okay, so that's something important too because one of the biggest things as a pastor when I talk to people about, you know, sharing the gospel or sharing your testimony or the biggest fear is, I don't know what to say. I hear it all the time. It's like, well, I don't know what to say. Like, you know, I'm afraid if I start talking about Jesus, I won't have all the answers. Let me tell you something. If you have received salvation and you don't understand what you received, we need to have a conversation. Okay? That's the first thing. So you should at least, if you've received genuine, true salvation, be able to lead somebody in salvation. Right? Or we, or we would say, well, well, I don't really know what I received. Well, let's go back to the basics. Now, there are some challenges, you know, especially if somebody's just wanted to argue doctrinal things or different things like that. But, but stick, stick to the blood, stick to the cross, stick on forgiveness, go back to, the, to just the things that are easy. But why would Jesus do that? Because he loves you. Well, that doesn't make sense, but he loves you. You mean he would do that? Absolutely, he loves you. Like, it's, it's really, you know, so we have to realize that, you know, we have to always be ready and prepared to give an answer. Don't say, oh, well, hey, come to church on Sunday. Pastor, no, he'll explain it to you. Because we have to understand that if we can grow and we can thrive, you know, so that's why it's so important. Knowing Christ is our first and foremost biggest priority. And then in this church, we are believing that you grow. We want you to grow and mature before you go out. But then once you grow, you should be able to stand on your two feet to be able to share the truth of what you believe, of what you stand for, and, you know, to share some basis of the word of God if you have grown and you have matured. 
So one thing at the beginning of Becky and I really taking the pastor lead of this church, we said, if our people are not growing, then we as pastors are failing. I made that really personal. So some of the content, some of what we talk about is challenging. It's difficult. Sometimes it's not going to be comfortable, but it's what the word of God expects of us. Think about if the disciples would have refused to obey that commission. It was the launching of the modern day church. It was the, the launching of what was in God's heart. What if they would have said, nah, it's too inconvenient. We're not ready. Well, Jesus, we can't do it without you. But he sent the Holy Spirit to live inside of us, to give us everything we need to be effective in this lifetime in the ministry of what God has called us to. So God has specifically placed you to impact and influence the world around you. So that, that's one thing that really causes, I think, the, the great commission and God's commission for us to multiply. If I just stay in my sphere of influence, and not that this is a bad thing, but normally, unless you're visiting this morning and you've never heard me preach, I'm talking to the same group of people the majority of the time. Now, there's visitors, there's opportunity for me to encourage those that maybe don't attend on a regular basis, but my sphere of influence is really limited in some sense to the church. But once we leave the church, how many directions do we go? How many workplaces do we go? How many opportunities for influence in a whole bunch of different places do we have available to us? A whole lot, right? Some are in the medical field. Some are farming. Some are welders. Some are teachers. Some, are, you know, man, you had you, you hit every every demographic, every workplace. Every, you talk about the opportunity to influence and go out into the world, and that is what the commission is all about. It's a going. It's ascending. It's being intentional. But God has specifically placed you to impact and influence the world around you. He has placed you specifically. Go like this, point at yourself. Me. He's positioned me to be able to do that. Not Pastor Noe. We've got to shift that. Well, Pastor Noe's no, God has called you. He's equipped you. Same Holy Spirit lives in you that lives in me. But through that willful participation in the commission, we will see great things. It says that the signs and wonders would what? Follow what they were doing, when they were activating, when they were going out, when they were doing the work of the Lord. So the commission, it was not intended just for pastors and ministry leaders. So this was a commission that was for all believers all over the face of the world. So as we continue to go through this commission series, we're going to look at the church's role in the commission. So we're going to look at the local responsibility. Uh, we're also going to look at your part. So the personal role of the commission and then we're going to look at the practical role of the commission. So we're going to look at the local, the personal, and the practical uh, ideas of, of fulfilling the commission. So each of those are important. What we do here at the church is going to directly influence your impact in fulfilling the commission. If we don't equip you and prepare you and grow you, you may fail. Now, I'm not saying that the Holy Spirit won't be strong within you, but I think as our church being intentional about raising and equipping and growing... And saying, all right, y'all ready? I think so. And then we take it to the world. That's what it's all about. Okay? So we're going to look at the church's role, your part, and then how to practically fulfill the commission. So God's commission, it's always been about getting outside the church rather than staying inside. But in order to feel, uh, fulfill God's commission, the church has to equip, be equipped for the mission. You know, just be like going on a, you know, uh, 
a spaceship to the moon and not be ready for the mission. Not even knowing how to fly the plane. Not even knowing how to work through a situation. You know, every, it's, so, it's so crazy because every time I watch any type of space movie, how many of you know something goes wrong? Sometimes earlier, sometimes later. It's just a matter of time for something to mess up. But if they are not trained for that mission, it's, it's risky anyway. Much less not being trained or equipped or not knowing what to do. So how do we know what to do? How do we, how do we, what is our guide? What is, how, how do we answer these challenging questions that the world asks and we don't have answers for? It's right here, guys. Everything that is important to health and spiritual and life is in the Word of God. We see a culture rising up that is trying to dismantle the Word. To tear it out, because if they can remove this, they can remove any standard or guidelines or any, any level of righteousness. And then what happens if you remove the Bible? Anything is justifiable and, and acceptable. And that scares me. You know, we used to be one nation under God who really used the Bible as a measuring stick and a guide in just most things. Guys, it's shifting to where this is the, that's the exception. When things get bad and they don't know what to do. And how many of you know that that sometimes reflects our own Christian walk? But when it's not going good and I've tried it on my own, I guess I'll revert back to the word. But we need to be defenders of the faith, defenders of the word. But the church's responsibility is to equip you for the mission. Let's look at Mark 2, 14 through 17 in the New American Standard Version. Mark 2, 14 through 17. Starting in verse 14, it says... As he passed by, he saw Levi, the son of Alphaeus, sitting at the tax booth. And he said to him, follow me. And immediately, what did he do? He got up and he followed him. And it happened that he was reclining at the table in his house, and many tax collectors and sinners were dining with Jesus and his disciples, for there were many of them. And they were following him. When the scribes of the Pharisees saw that he was sitting and eating with sinners and tax collectors, they said to the disciples, why is he eating and drinking with tax collectors and sinners? And so Jesus has like these awesome hearing ears. He can hear, I mean, he can discern, he can hear. You can't say, you can't even think it and Jesus not know it. But he jumps in, he says, and hearing this, Jesus said to them, it is not those who are healthy who need a physician, but those who are sick. I did not come to call the righteous, but sinners. So Jesus was always focused on sharing the message of God's kingdom with the lost people. And that should be our focus also. Not that I don't love you, not that I don't care about you, but there is a whole bunch of people outside of the four walls of this church that need Jesus. You know, and, and I, think, I think they were offended. Well, why is he not in the church? Why is he not in the temple? Why is he hanging out with all these sinners? Because that was the mission. That was the focus. The religious people get all kinds of rattled about that. Well, pastor, shouldn't you be? Hey, you know, you're growing. We got to be about going at some point. You can go with me or you can sit there and stay comfortable. Because I believe that there's going to be this shifting of where that commission focuses not just in the four walls of the church, but outside the four walls of the church. Going to communities, maybe going to neighborhoods where say, like, man, pastor, I don't know if I'm comfortable with this. I could die. Oh, well, it's possible. But is it worth it? If that's what God leads us to do. So know that, you know, in that commission, it's not ignorance. It's not just running around, you know, I always say, you know, there's a difference between godly wisdom and ignorance. Right? If, if there's a gunfight, well, godly wisdom is going to walk around. Ignorance is going to say, Lord will keep me safe and walk right through it. Come on. 
There's a difference between being ignorant and having godly wisdom. So we're going to walk in godly wisdom, but we're also going to fulfill this commission. Now, some of you are like, man, I came to the wrong church this morning. Pastor Noah, he's getting me out of my chair. He's causing me to get outside the four walls. Well, I don't know if I signed up for that. But some will never hear if some don't go. Now, I'm going to continue to do my responsibility in growing this church to be all that God has called it to be. But I need all of your help in fulfilling this commission that God has asked us to do. And even if just a few commit to it, I believe great will be the harvest. Now, my heart is that most would step up to the challenge and fulfill the commission of what God wants. So the net definition of the gospel is, is te the teaching or the revelation of Christ. You know, sometimes because we say, hey, go share the gospel. You're like, wait, wait a minute. Well, what is the gospel? So it's the teaching or revelation of who Christ is. Um, so the gospel, you know, it's also a testimony of what Christ has done maybe in your life or on the cross, you know that your personal testimony is one of the most powerful things you have to your advantage? Because it's something with flesh on that you cannot, that they can't disprove. They may not have seen the, the lame walk or the ice, you know, like these stories from the Bible, but they may see your life. And then if you're willing to be transparent and open and you go back and tell them how you used to be, there ain't no way, brother, you used to be like that. Oh, yeah. Like Paul said, what? I'm the, I was the chief of sinners. And then Jesus got a hold of me and he changed everything. So, so, so the power of just the testimony of what Jesus did compounded with your life's testimony is effective. You know people are looking all the time for something, but most of the time they don't realize it's Jesus. They're wandering, they're looking, you know, from drugs to sex to all of these things that are just going to be a temporary pleasure. And then at the end they realize, man, I'm, so not, I'm still not satisfied. Talk to the people that make a ton of money. Well, they can't make enough money to be happy because you can't buy happiness, right? You know, there's this place inside of each of us that I believe God has designed that only He can fill. Nothing else will satisfy it. Nothing else will. But when that hole is filled with Jesus, now everything else makes sense. There's joy in the finances. There's joy in the relationships. We see the blessing instead of what we've portrayed as the curse of whatever it is, right? So really the gospel is actually really simple, but we tend to overcomplicate it. You know that finding Jesus is easy, but following is hard? That's what I've seen, and that was, that was one of the things that I didn't learn until a little bit later, the cost of following Christ. I thought it was going to be easy. Man, everybody's going to love Jesus. If I tell somebody my testimony, they're going to be like, absolutely, I'd love to receive that. Rather than cursing me or being like, get out of my face. I don't want to hear that. But for those who don't understand and those who have not yet been revealed, it says that this book is ignorance. Makes no understanding to them. But to those who believe, wisdom and knowledge, and there's so much life in it. But how will people receive unless they hear? How will people hear unless they go and speak out? You know, uh, one thing that the Holy Spirit's really been challenging me with lately is that we always talk about the Holy Spirit doing the work, right? Well, Holy Spirit, go do this while I sit in my pew. Holy Spirit, go do this over here while I sit in my pew. Right? So where does the Holy Spirit live and dwell? It, within us, right? 
So who does the Holy Spirit often use to speak? Out of our mouths, right? Out, out of whose hands does the Holy Spirit use to lay hands on the sick and they become well? Us! Thank you for joining us for the Harvest Time Church podcast. We hope you've been encouraged and empowered. If you'd like more information about our family, please write us at 42 FM 2540 South, Bay City, Texas 77414. Or check us out on the web at harvesttimebaycity.com.